Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job shows how the Word of God brings us back to life. No one seems to be listening. Speak anyways. It doesn't seem to be getting better. Preach anyways. I'm not seeing the effect of it. That's all right. God's Word never comes back void. Don't stop preaching His Word. Don't stop proclaiming His truth because there's power. There is power in the Word of God. More to come. Welcome to Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. Mark, let's continue the special message you gave last year at Founders Week for Moody Bible Institute. It discusses the powerful spiritual shakeup we sometimes need to reconnect with God and bring those dry bones back to life. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. And this is such a powerful image that God gave Ezekiel. It's concerning Israel and their spiritual condition, but it is so, so applicable to us today. It is. Anybody that is in a spiritual dry condition and has lost their fervor and place spiritually, this is a message of awakening, of regaining passion, of allowing God to restore that which has crumbled in dryness. Yeah. If you missed part one last time, be sure to go online to boldstepsradio.org and listen to the first part of this message. But today we're in Ezekiel chapter 37, starting in verse 3, as we join Mark for today's Bold Steps. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? That's a tough question to ask. Ezekiel has just been exposed to death, dryness, in the impossibility of this mass of bones coming to life. But Ezekiel was a man of God. He was smart in his theology. Sounds like a Moody Bible Institute grad. He said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. That's a great answer, isn't it? You see, Ezekiel, he had no confidence in the bones coming to life, but he did know something about the power of God. And so he throws it back on the sovereignty of God. He had no confidence that these bones could come alive, but he knew that God could bring anything to life. And so he says, son of man, only you know. This problem was not going away with a pep talk. This problem was not going away with a little uh, a praise worship. This wasn't a light, like, hey, get out of the bed. You'll feel better. No, they were dead. Lord, only you know whether these bones can live again. And I'm convinced that when God wants to awaken us out of spiritual slumber, When God wants to renew our hearts, when God is doing an awakening of our spirit, oftentimes we fall into conditions that we don't even know we're in until the Spirit of God reveals that condition to us. I believe that the Spirit of God was telling Ezekiel, and by the way, Ezekiel was part of this category of dry bones. He was a part of the group of people that God was trying to revive. But God wanted to expose him to the deep darkness. He wanted him to know how bad it was before he was jolted to awaken. 
Now, I want, I want to say this to you. I believe oftentimes God has to hold up the mirror. God, it's not that bad. We're okay. Yeah, maybe we're not as zealous as we were before, but things are all right. It's, yeah, maybe I don't read like I was before, and it's been a while since I've worshipped with a lot of enthusiasm. Church seems to have lost some of its, I don't know, its attraction. I, at one time, I felt really drawn. I was kind of hungry, but, you know, I don't know. It's probably the preacher. He's a little boring these days. I got a lot on my plate, God. There's a lot of things going on. I don't know. When I was young, I was zealous and enthusiastic. I'm a little more mature now. I don't go by my emotions that much anymore. Yeah, I have a lot of other things in life that take my priority. I still believe in God, and I haven't fallen away. Yeah, maybe I'm not as zealous as I used to be, and maybe things that bothered me before don't bother me anymore, but maybe I've grown a little bit in maturity. Maybe that's it, and then God says, look. I believe that God was doing that with Ezekiel. There's only, only certain things that God can do. When I first came to Chicago, I've told you this story before, some of you. I was 21 years old, a graduate of the Moody Bible Institute, found myself in the southwest side of Chicago, back of the yards neighborhood. Not a neighborhood that people were running to pastor in. Most people were running out of that neighborhood. But I found myself in the small church in the southwest side of Chicago, fresh with a degree from a Bible college, full of zeal in my heart, believing that people needed me and that I had a call of God on my life, and so I threw myself into it. And I visited people, and I witnessed to people, and I talked to people, and and people were, it was strange for people to call me pastor. I was 21 years old. One lady came in and said, how come you look like you just got out of high school? And I said, well, it wasn't that long. And I was going and going and felt like I needed to solve, heal people and reconcile marriages and lead people to Christ and do that. found myself doing a lot of stuff in six months, in six months of pastoring. I was dry, I was tired, and I was ready to quit the pastorate. I got sick, I didn't have insurance, my grandmother convinced her doctor to see me and he said, son, young man, you're exhausted. And I remember he said, you, you need a week of rest is what you need. I remember laying on that couch complaining to God. Have you ever complained to God? We call it prayer. Really, it's a complaint session. <laughs> I was complaining to God. God, I'm doing this, and how come I don't feel the, the strength, and I'm depleted, and don't have the energy to go on? And God did this to me. And you know what I realized? That I was trying to do in the power of my flesh what could only be done in the power of the Spirit. You know what I realized? God convicted me and said, you know, you've been working a lot, but I bear, you barely talk to me. You know, you've been doing a lot, but you barely worship. 
You've been doing this in the power of your own strength, but you barely depend on me. If I were gone, you wouldn't even notice I was gone. You know, that was a realization. I didn't think. I thought I'm a pastor doing a good work, and God revealed to me the depth of my dryness, the depth of my pride, my fleshliness. I wept, deeply wept, for a couple of days repented that I had been trying to do what God could only do in my own strength and power, that I was really dry bones, and that I really was not uh, breathing the life of God in me, and that I really needed to start trying to do less and come into God's presence more and depend on Him to do the work and Him to fill me and walk in communion with, with Him. And I vowed before God as I got up, God, I'm going to pray more, spend more time in Your presence. I need You more, God, because I am dry bones. Something funny happened. I feel like I worked less, but more happened in the spiritual realm after I got up because there's a difference between doing it in the power of the flesh and the power of the Spirit. So not only does renewal often start by a startling revelation of our true pathetic condition, but secondly, the prophetic word of the Lord is the catalyst that God uses to set renewal in motion. And notice what he says in verse 4. After he had Ezekiel view the valley of dry bones and awaken to the true spiritual condition of Israel at the time, which he was a part of, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And this is what the sovereign Lord said to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life and I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So now Ezekiel has this task of not only seeing how desperate the condition is, but he has the task now to speaking to skeletons. Have you ever felt like God asked you to do something foolish? Prophesy to that which is impossible. Speak to the valley of dry bones. Now prophecy, uh, sometimes when we hear the word prophecy, we think that it's about foretelling the future, and it has that element in it. But prophecy can be both the foretelling of what God is going to do, but also the foretelling of what God wants you to hear right now. It has a dimension to it that sometimes involves the future, but it also has a dimension of being God's word for this moment at this time that you need to hear. The, God says to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, Hear the word of the Lord. And I'm sure Ezekiel looked around and said, well, they didn't even have ears to hear, Lord. They don't have brains to capture. They don't have hearts to do this. But God said, prophesy to the bones. Every preacher knows that sometimes they feel like Ezekiel. 
And he says, here's what I want you to tell the bones. I want you to tell the bones that in spite of their current condition, I will make breath into you and you will come to life. And I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel, look at those bones and start saying, I know what you are right now, but God has a different destiny for you. You will one day breathe again. You will one day laugh again. You will one day rise up on your own. Hey, bones, Lord, nothing's happening. Hey, bones, one day, hey, bone, listen to me. God is going to raise you up, and you one day will breathe again, and there will be flesh upon you and tins upon you. God, they're not listening. There's nothing happening. Hey, bones, the Lord is going to do something. Listen, you have a different future. It will be different. You see, Ezekiel knew very well the condition of Israel because Ezekiel was part of that group. You're listening to Bold Steps and the Bible teaching of Mark Job. We've got more just ahead, but right now I want to remind you of the place to go if you ever miss part of these daily messages. It's on our website at boldstepsradio.org. Or subscribe to the Bold Steps podcast and listen straight from your phone while you're out hiking or biking, shopping, or wherever you go. You'll find us on most podcast apps by searching for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Joe. And another great way to fit in some more Bold Steps lesson is through the new Bold Steps Minute where you can hear a short 60-second feature of Mark's insightful Bible teaching. To start listening today, just visit boldstepsminute.org or subscribe and get these convenient one-minute lessons downloaded straight to your phone through your podcast app. All right, back to our lesson for today. Here's Mark Job again with more about what it means to experience a spiritual shakeup. Five eighty-six B.C., the city of Jerusalem was captured by the Babylonian army, their arch enemies, which had conducted a three-year-long siege of that city. Three years they had seized Jerusalem. And the walls of the city were breached. Judah's king, Zedekiah, tried to escape, and he was pursued and captured near Jericho. The Babylonians punished him by slaughtering the children before his eyes and then gouging out his eyes so the last thing that he ever saw was the slaughtering of his children. Then they led him to Babylon in chains. Three weeks later, the Babylonians burned the city of Jerusalem, the holy city, the city of the temple, the city of David, the city with the uh, great temple that Solomon built, this grandiose city that seemed to be the center of what God is doing now lies in ruins. The temple was burned along with the king's palace, the houses of Jerusalem, the city walls were torn down. The remaining people, except for the poor, the sick, were forced to march and they were deported to Babylon. Among those deported to Babylon was Ezekiel. Ezekiel had seen the glory. He knew of the Shekinah glory coming in the temple. He knew of the glorious presence of God. He knew of a place that was called the city of God. 
He had heard the prophecies. He had been around it. He had been when this was a glorious people full of life. But now, they were a valley of dry bones. Never underestimate the power of God's living word. Because God says, speak. Hear the word of the Lord. Can I tell you something? The word of the Lord is the catalyst to awakening. The word of the Lord is what God uses to penetrate our hearts. The word of the Lord is what God uses to awaken our spirit. The word of the Lord has the breath of God upon it. The word of the Lord has the power of God upon it. Listen, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates to the dividing of the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. That's the power of the Word of God. Spurgeon said, if we want revivals, we must revive our reverence for the Word of God. If we want conversions, we must put more of God's Word into our sermons it must still be His Word upon which we place our reliance. The only power which we will bless men's lives lies in the Word. You see, I believe that if revival awakening is going to come to our nation, going to come to our lives, I believe that God's church in America has slumbered. We are considered one of the most Christian nations in the world, yet there's a slumbering within the body of Christ. The passion, the zeal, the holiness in living, the commitment to live on mission. We don't live in a nation that is a Christian nation. People talk about political solutions, cultural solutions, social economic solutions, I believe that the greatest solution for our country is a church that's revived by the power of the Spirit of the living Jesus. So the Bible says that Ezekiel said, so I prophesied. I prophesied as I was commanded. You say, well, Pastor Mark, nothing seems to be happening. Prophesy anyways. No one seems to be listening. Speak anyways. It doesn't seem to get, be getting better. Preach anyways. I'm not seeing the effect of it. That's all right. God's word never comes back void. Don't stop preaching his word. Don't stop proclaiming his truth because there's power. There is power in the word of God. And so the Bible says, Ezekiel says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was noise, a little rattling, and the bones came together. Come on, I can just imagine Ezekiel, he's prophesying, one day you will live again. This is not your destiny. One day God is going to rise you up in a way that you never, oh, you don't look like, oh, don't give me that face, because one day God's going to change that smile of yours. There's going to be something different in there. 
And the Bible says that he's going out prophesying, preaching, nothing's happening. Listen, I'm talking to some pastors that feel like nothing's happening in your church. And I want to say, keep preaching the word of God. Get on your knees. Ask that God would bring a renewal, awakening, revival to your church. It's spirit-empowered passionate pursuit of God and his word that awakens those that are dead and so he preaches and as he's preaching the Bible says that he starts he doesn't see anything in the beginning but he keeps prophesying listen I know I'm talking to someone here listen if you're a pastor listening to me I want to say keep preaching it's not over the mission is not over don't resign don't give up don't quit keep preaching with authority get on your knees ask that God would bathe it in supernatural power and you continue to proclaim the unadulterated inspired word of the living Jesus because it has power and he continues to preach and suddenly there's a rattling he probably thinks it's a mouse a rat he hears a little noise over there and he keeps preaching he's prophesying to the bones and then there's a little bit more rattling and then a sound and then he hears a lot of rattling start happening and then something ha starts to happen it seems like the bones start moving and they start attaching to one another and then bone comes on to bones and so that encourages him some more and so now he preaches with a little bit greater faith because he sees a little rattling happening and so he preaches more and the more he preaches and with the greater faith that he preaches then it seems like more is happening and bones are moving together and he feels like he sees a little bit of a hand move there and a little bit of a, 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 a leg move as these bones start attaching to one another and he preaches with all of his might and then when he's done preaching there it is a bunch of dead people they're better than they were but they're pretty bad now they're corpses it's a valley full of bodies hear me the word had brought them together in a place to receive the breath listen they needed the word first but they couldn't live without the breath Well, you're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job here on Bold Steps and the second segment of a three-part message about experiencing a spiritual shakeup. We'll reach the conclusion of this stirring lesson on tomorrow's program, so make plans to join us then. In the meantime, be sure to catch up on anything you may have missed here on the radio by visiting boldstepsradio.org. And while you're there, you'll also have the chance to request your copy of the brand new Bold Step gift that's now available. It's a resource that gets to the heart of building a healthy marriage, and Mark is going to tell us more about it. Joy is a gift from God, and it's meant to be one of the staples of a healthy marriage. But for many couples today, true joy seems to be a rare experience, separated by long periods of conflict and often disconnect. It's something that Dr. Marcus Warner and Chris Corsi call the joy gap. And if you want to know how to fix this common marital problem and reclaim your joy in marriage, I'd like to send you a copy of their book titled, The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages. This practical resource offers daily exercises and helpful tips 
that will encourage you and your spouse to build the habits of bonding. No matter what your relationship looks like today, this insightful guide will help you unlock the relational skills needed to foster real and regular moments of joy. So reach out today and request your copy of The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages when you send a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. All right, thank you, Mark. To send your financial gift today, visit boldstepsradio.org or call us at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. You can also request your copy of The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages and give your gift through the mail. Address your envelope to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And I'll give that again. It's 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. As we push into this new year, we want to invite you to do even more with your giving by becoming a Bold Partner. Through your monthly financial support of any amount, you'll begin playing an active role in bringing the gospel to new communities across the globe with updates and personal testimonies along the way so you can hear just how much of an impact your faithful giving is creating. And when you sign up to give $30 a month or more, you'll also get the Moody Publishers discount code of 50%. This will give you half off every devotional, Bible study, and kids book at the Moody Publishers website. So sign up to become a Bold Partner today at boldstepsradio.org or call 844-615-7363. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and that's the end of today's program, but be sure to join us tomorrow for the third and final part of this message about how the breath of God brings renewal. Discover the power of a spiritual shakeup Wednesday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.